folks. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss the end of preseason. The Nuggets have finally wrapped things up, and they did it in style. They did it with a win over the Golden State Warriors in what I thought was a really, really informative and strong game for this Denver Nuggets team. Final score of this one, 119-112. Key quarter in this one was the third quarter when the Nuggets put up an absolute roast of the Warriors, 42-20. to It was awesome. That was the best quarter of the Nuggets season and definitely the biggest takeaway for Denver. It came without Klay Thompson on the floor for the Warriors, but it came with everybody else. Steph was out there. Draymond was out there. Jordan Poole was out there with Draymond. That was interesting. Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, all those guys, all the notable players from the Warriors championship run were out there, at least at the beginning. And Denver still found a way. And they looked really good doing it. It was a process, though. And first, we're going to talk about the starters here. We'll talk about both the good and the bad. There were definitely some bad. But I think overall, this was a very good game for that starting group. Second segment, we'll go with the bench. Uh, First, the primary bench, and then the kind of deep reserves. We'll spend some little bit of time on them. And then third segment, we're going to go over final preseason takeaways from these five games, what we learned, what we still need to know, things like that. But first, let's talk about the starters. Let's talk about Michael Porter Jr., who I thought was the best player on the Nuggets tonight, looked very, very good, did a lot of good things. And it wasn't just on the offensive end, although I will focus more on the offense here. He did some good things on the defensive end. And against the Golden State Warriors, that is obviously going to be a big deal. That's going to be a, a an issue most of the time, right? Like, this is a really tough matchup for somebody like Porter, who needs to read the floor well, needs to understand where the Warriors are cutting and spacing, has to guard in space. And I thought he did a pretty good job of it, to be honest. There were times where he messed up. He he fouled Steph Curry a couple times. I think he... Uh, I think he kind of sagged off of a couple players at various points, didn't close out where he needed to go. But overall, I thought he was the more dangerous player than the players that he was guarding. And that is a really, really great sign for the Nuggets. Porter finished with 17 points tonight. The box scores for the NBA were all out of whack tonight. So we don't have exact data for assists and rebounds and shot totals and things like that. But the esteemed Katie Wingy of Altitude did release and she did post a picture of the box score from uh, the Warriors PR. They only tracked basically makes and fouls and free throws and things like that. But at least we know that Michael Porter scored 17 points. And it honestly felt like more. It felt like every single one of his shots was a backbreaker for the for the Warriors. And he only had one really wide open shot and he canned it. Actually, two wide open shots. I remember thinking, oh man, he's taking too much time on this wide open three. And he actually did end up missing it in that third quarter. But look, he looks great. I I have to be honest. I was a little bit concerned, especially in that first preseason game where he looked a little bit out of sorts. 
still like making shots because that's just how talented he is, but wasn't necessarily doing it within the flow. Tonight, he was doing it within the flow. There were some plays that Denver ran tonight where he got the ball at the elbow or, or basically the free throw line extended in the middle of the floor. And his reads, he made two separate reads trying to pass to somebody on the out-of-bounds play. That didn't work out. So he faced up against Andrew Wiggins and created a step-back fadeaway to his left. And it was nothing but the bottom. That's the version of Michael Porter Jr. that you're looking for. That's the guy who can find isolations within the flow of the Nuggets offense, but it has to come at the right time. And I thought he did a great job of that tonight. Really, really good. There were times where he moved off ball and created some open threes for himself. There were times where like, he got out in transition and made a nice Euro step layup. I think it was over. It was might have been over Andrew Wiggins. It might have been over Steph Curry. One of those two. But he just looked really, really good. I'm very impressed with what I saw. And he held up on defense. That's exactly what you want to see. And so overall with this preseason, we'll get to the takeaways in the third segment. But the takeaways for Michael Porter Jr. were very, very positive. Nikola Jokic also had 17 points. And it did not feel like it because he only made four shots tonight. He went eight of nine from the free throw line. Got to the free throw line nine times. Not something you're usually going to see, but he did get there. And that's really the key of it. Sometimes he struggles to get to the free throw line, but tonight the Warriors hacked him a little bit. He got lucky with some calls here, but Denver kind of got the bad end of the whistle in the second quarter. So all evens out, I think. And it was really nice to see Jokic finally put the ball in the basket. He made a three, looked good doing it. Very, very comfortable. And I still think that, like, we still haven't seen him go to the post and make an actual post-up shot yet. So that's something that I would be concerned about. But look, he's going to face the Utah Jazz in the season opener on Wednesday night. He'll probably make some post-up shots on that night. I have to imagine that that will be part of the game plan for sure. But even if it isn't, Denver's offense is well well enough designed that he can be comfortable not taking as many shots as he normally does. He is going to be very comfortable doing less on the offensive end. If Porter's able to create stuff, if Bones is able to create stuff when he's out there, if the Nuggets are just running DHOs a lot of the time where uh, KCP, Bruce Brown, and MPJ are coming around screens – that is going to be very, very helpful for Jokic because then he just doesn't have to do too much. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he can balance those two things out. Had a relatively efficient night tonight. It's exactly what you want to see. Aaron Gordon had some plays tonight where he went at uh, Aaron, uh, where he went at Draymond Green. Not the best matchup to be going at in trans in uh, isolation. Not going to lie. There were three separate times tonight where he did it. One of them was on kind of a closeout, and he got by him, and he got to the rim and scored. The other two turned the ball over on charges. That's not great. That's not what you want to see. Gordon doesn't really have a lot of sideways shake to his game. That's not really his game, and his handle just isn't where it needs to be to get by somebody like Draymond. So in a playoff series, I would definitely uh, be condoning that a little bit, or I I would certainly not be condoning his decision-making in this one, but 
He's working out some kinks, definitely trying to figure some things out. Was a beast on the boards. That was definitely notable. Had a lot of offensive putbacks, and that was great. Also had a nice block at the end of the second quarter. KCP, he got the defensive player of the game chain tonight, I'm pretty sure. And his work, both on Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Klay got free a lot, don't get me wrong. I think that that was definitely not KCP's best showing, but also not necessarily great for many of the Nuggets. But KCP did well. I think he he didn't hit a three tonight, but the defense was where it needed to be. Made five free throws tonight, which it's a great way to create some offense out of nothing and wasn't necessarily his best offensive night and didn't really hit the shots that he was probably supposed to hit, but that's fine. You make some, you miss some. I think I made my prediction in the last podcast that KCP would start out pretty slow from three and everybody would panic and then he would finish the season 38%. I feel very confident in that take right now. And then finally, Bruce Brown had the Steph Curry assignment tonight and Steph Curry finished with 14 points. Played basically all the way through the third quarter for much of that time. So Steph was out there. He was definitely playing and he was a massive part of their game plan. They were trying to get him going. And I thought that Bruce Brown did a really, really nice job of just walling off the paint, making, not really walling off the paint, but just running him off the three-point line. That's really what I mean here. Uh, He was hustling. There's no doubt about it. Bruce Brown is a hustler. He's a guy who's going to help raise Denver's energy level all the time. And he's going to be a guy that Michael Malone loves to have out there because he's going to make some of these flash plays where he blocks a shot, where he deflects a ball, where he's really not supposed to. And he had a couple of those plays tonight where you don't expect him to make the play and he does, or he just gives a great contest where he's in Steph Curry's airspace or Klay Thompson's airspace. That's all you can really do. So stayed attached to those guys really well. Still has some kinks to iron out, as as does the entire Nuggets defense with some of the rotations where you give up some dunks right around the rim. But I thought Denver's overall three-point defense tonight, pretty good. Golden State only made 10 threes. Now, did they miss some of the open ones? Absolutely. But Andrew Wiggins only hit one. Clay hit five. Steph hit just one. Jonathan Kaminga won, Ryan Rollins and Jerome Robinson each hit one. So I think that this was a good night overall for the starters. They really deserve a lot of that credit. And they set the tone for what ended up being a really, really impressive bench stint as well in that second half. When we come back, we're going to talk about that bench stint, which did happen to include your friend Ish Smith. But first, this podcast, as you know, It's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Football is back and nobody's more excited than your friends at Superbook. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700.
All right, we're back. Gax and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, if you can, it'd be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews, they definitely help spread the program out to just about everybody. And anybody that's looking up Denver Nuggets podcasts, they'll be able to find mine. So thank you so much if you do. All right, let's talk about this bench unit, and we got to talk about Bones Highland to lead things off. In the first half, Bones had a tough responsibility. Playing with a lineup that featured Christian Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan, that's a tough group. That is a tough group to create the requisite spacing and offensive flow that teams are often looking for. A good defense like Golden State, when they lock in, they would have really made life difficult for that lineup. They probably would have factored in Bones just a little bit more in terms of trying to shut him down because he's the only guy, other than Davon, who had a couple of moments tonight, Bones is really the only guy who's going to create at a high level, who's going to run the pick and roll, who's going to come off of DHOs, who's going to space the floor, and he showed all of that, especially in the first half. Second half, though, was when he really started to cook, and not necessarily from just the scoring standpoint, but he was just feeling himself, and he was dancing. He made sure to chirp a little bit, chirping at the Warriors, definitely talking his talk, and he was walking his walk, which is the most important thing in that scenario. Bones absolutely let it fly. Made five shots, made one three, seven of seven from the free throw line. Got hit a couple times in the face. He's a tough dude. And he was playing good defense too. Definitely not the guy you're looking at when you're looking at defensive breakdowns. Sometimes he was a little bit too small for James Wiseman or Jonathan Kaminga around the rim. And that's fine. But for the most part, he was playing good, solid defense. Definitely rotating out to the right guys. And Jordan Poole. I was really surprised. Jordan Poole made one shot, had one free throw attempt. I think it was probably an and one, or maybe it was the technical, but Jordan Poole was not really involved. And I thought between Bones and Christian Brown, those were the two guys that got the primary assignment there. They both played him really well. Honestly, this was a really, really solid bench perimeter duo from Bones and Christian Brown, who I'm going to talk about next. Christian Brown just continues to shine and only had five points tonight, but he made a three. He got to the free throw line four times, made two of them, but his best work was on the defensive end like I talked about. And though he kind of, like it doesn't slow down the offense, that that is not how I would characterize it, but it was definitely flowing better with Ish Smith out there in the second half. Not necessarily to Christian Brown's detriment, but just having a nice, competent point guard-style ball handler out there, that certainly does help. But Christian Brown made a three tonight. That's really the big deal. And if he can start making his threes to go along with all the good defensive stuff that he's doing, it's going to be a very exciting year for him because he will get on the court if that's what it takes. If he gets out there and plays good defense, they will find time for him for sure. Davon Reed, like I mentioned before, did have some good moments on the offensive end. 
hit a three for sure. And then he also um he also had a floater right at the beginning of his first stint. I thought he was probably the guy who made the most defensive mistakes in that bench unit. I'd have to go back and watch just to confirm that. Like I don't want to say that my uh vision on those plays was perfectly spotless because I very well could be wrong. But I thought that he was probably the guy who made the more more defensive mistakes of pretty much anybody tonight, honestly, except maybe Aaron Gordon. Uh, but yeah, Davon, he's solid. He made the plays that he needed to make, was a part of the unit that really flourished, made three shots, went three or four from the line, had 10 points. That's what you want to see. You get 10 points off the bench from Davon Reed, you take that every time. Jeff Green also had a really good day, 13 points. He made a couple threes, and both of those threes were on really, really nice Bones kickout passes. One of them was right under the rim, and I'm not sure how Bones got the pass out to the right corner, but he did. And then the other was to the left corner where he's driving down the right side of the floor, and he throws the ball over the top of the defense, not on a rope, but had just enough arc there where it really, really showed through. And it's it's just one of those passes that had to be made at that time and had to be made at that spot, and it really, really uh, worked. It's, it's some growth for Bones, for sure. But Jeff Green, even more so than just the Bones stuff, he moves really well, and his connection already with Ish Smith is really, really good. Those guys find each other. There was a cut that Jeff Green had where the ball swung to Ish Smith in the corner. And then Jeff finished his cut and Ish just hit him on the fly, like a one-timer pass from the corner to the middle of the lane. And Jeff finished it reverse style on the other side. It was really, really impressive. And not the best like defensive high effort game from Jeff, although he did take a charge, definitely gets credit there. But yeah, it's just like, this is what you wanted to see. 13 points, making the right reads, making the right plays. He will be part of the rotation at the beginning of the year. And I think that's a good thing. I think he's played well. And DeAndre Jordan, he was the star, or he was the center that got the nod tonight. I, I'm not going to lie. First stint, not good. I was very, very much not impressed with what I saw from DeAndre. And that's fine. Like he did have some time, some uh, rim protection stuff when they did drive to the rim, but there were a lot of shots that the Warriors missed where I thought, okay, DeAndre didn't really contest that shot. And sometimes the rotations were because DeAndre didn't, didn't really get out to the perimeter. And that's kind of where everything started to break down. So I have to imagine that that's going to be something that shows up on the film, but he did have a better second stint. That's for sure. Uh, had a nice alley-oop dunk from Ish Smith off a nice read where Ish Smith drove the slot. DeAndre Jordan went right down Main Street and then guided an alley-oop right into the basket. It was very nice. It was very, very good. Looked like prime DeAndre there. But the man of the hour, Ish Smith, I'm going to tell you guys, like, I'm just so impressed with him. He's a revelation. I put out there on Twitter, Ish Smith is greater than Chris Paul. I obviously don't truly believe that, but he looked a lot like Chris Paul. Had a couple of those textbook uh, left to right 
pull-up jumpers in the mid-range over the top of an outstretched arm. Those drop from heaven, basically, because he shoots them really high. And they just drop right through the twine and, and don't touch the iron at all. But he also just makes good reads. And the minute he got into the game, and this is what I'm really excited about for this bench. The minute he got into the game, kind of mid to late in the four, in the third quarter, he found the lane, drove the gap, made a nice twisting layup around the rim, and immediately put pressure on the rim in a situation where he was cold off the bench and then just did his job as soon as he got into the game. It was really, really like, because that's the kind of role he's going to fill. He's probably not going to play every night. There's definitely going to be times where he will play and he might actually start the season in the rotation, but there are going to be times where he's not. There are going to be times where he's coming in cold in the third quarter where Denver's first half rotation really struggles. Let's say they put out Christian Brown and he struggles in the first half. And so they go with a more veteran option in the second half to help out Bones a little bit more. And so they put Ish on the floor in the third quarter. I could see that happening pretty consistently in the in the first 30 to 40 games of the season. And we're going to have to see how that goes. But early returns, really, really good tonight. Denver, they just looked very, very functional with Ish out there along with Bones, where you have a couple of different ball handlers and playmakers. You can swing the ball to the opposite side of the floor and also run pick and roll. Looked really good. And it gives Bones a break because I think he's going to wear down. Honestly, second year, lots of pressure. There are going to be times where Bones just won't have the legs under him and he's struggling with his shot. And you're going to want to have somebody else who can run pick and roll so he can just take it easy at times. I definitely think that if Smith can do that, I'm, I'm convinced now. I think he's convinced me. Other deep bench guys that came in were Vlatko, Zeke Naji, and Peyton Watson. Vlatko was fine. Nothing really notable there. Very, very not notable minutes from Vlatko tonight. Um, the box score... Does not even have him out there. They have Colin Gillespie listed as number 31, which is hilarious. Uh, but no shooting stats for Vlatko tonight. At least no shooting makes. Zeke Naji, he had a basket tonight. I don't think that he played that great in the fourth quarter. He came in at like six minutes left in the fourth. So give him a pass. He sat up for the first 42. But this is an opportunity for him to really prove what he can. What he can. And I just don't think that he's quite there. I think that he's probably going to start the season outside the rotation. And that's fine. He'll have to work his way back in. And then Peyton Watson, definitely not as flashy tonight. Definitely not making as many defensive plays tonight. Had a couple possessions where he definitely looked like a rookie out there. So you don't want to bemoan that, but always do have to note it. Really good game from the Nuggets tonight. Really exciting to see what this group turns into when Jamal Murray's back. Going to look a little bit different, obviously, because different starting unit means different bench unit. But I am interested to see how it goes. Going to be a lot of fun. Let's take a final break. When we come back, we are going to do general preseason takeaways. We'll be right back.
back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this thing up by talking about general preseason takeaways. The Nuggets finished preseason 3-2. and two. They finished on a three-game winning streak, which is good. Michael Malone had previously said before Monday's game, and even after Monday's game, that Denver's worst training camp days were the two preseason games that they had played, where they looked a little bit apathetic, where they weren't putting in as much effort as they probably needed to, and a switch flipped at some point, and they played well against Phoenix, especially the bench. They played well against the Clippers, starters especially in that one, but bench really turned it on. And then everybody played well pretty much in this game. Where you needed everybody to step up against a team like the Warriors. Obviously, they're not going full bore, so I don't want to make any sweeping proclamations here about how the Nuggets can defend the Warriors at this point. But I will make some declarations about Denver's own players. Number one, first and foremost, Michael Porter Jr. looks ready to go. He had one bad game where he played against Phoenix. Really looked bothered. Uh, I asked Michael Malone after that game on Monday about what he saw from Michael Porter on that in that particular game, where it just it didn't play that where he didn't play that great and things just didn't look good. And he went, came to Michael's defense. He said that he was giving effort. The shot doesn't always go in, but he makes it so often that sometimes people forget that. And it's just going through the normal kinks trying to iron things out during the preseason, and clearly things have been ironed out. He looks fantastic, where he's making the reads that Nuggets, the Nuggets specifically have really pushed his way, where they have wanted to fully emphasize just how good he can be and how he can get good shots by just running the flow of the offense. The ball found him tonight. And it probably could have found him even more, honestly. Like, I thought that he showed a lot of restraint at times where he was dumping the ball into Jokic on the post-ups. He was making reads, looking for other players. There were times where he could have pulled up for a fadeaway, kicked it out to Aaron Gordon, could have done some other things too. He was definitely controlled. I don't think he even had a turnover tonight, if I'm not mistaken. The seven makes, 17 points, three three-pointers. He just looks good. And there are going to be some moments where he looks a little bit bothered at times by people getting into his airspace, where he's still going to have to make some reads. He's been very jump shot happy in the preseason. I would like to see him find some more opportunities where he can get to the rim in the regular season. But honestly... If he's just more of a jump shot player because of his back, because that's going to take less stress and he's not going to be banging with people, I'm okay with it, especially if it kind of takes some time to get him adjusted. But he looks really good right now, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Has really bought into what the Nuggets have asked him to do, has played solid defense, or at least it's it's looked improved from game one to game five, that's for sure. And I'm just very, very impressed. I did not expect this from him. 
and I'm glad he's proving me wrong and proving a lot of other people wrong. He is going to be a legitimate part of Denver's big three, where it looked for a long time like it was just going to be Jokic. And then Murray stepped up at the right time in the bubble, and it became a big two. And then people talked about the big three with Michael Porter, and he had some good moments, but it wasn't quite there until maybe now. I think that this could be the real legitimate time where that steps up, and it's going to be very, very fun. Next, Bones Highland. He also looks ready. Had a bad first game, but ever since then, outside of kind of hurting his ankle, missing a game against the Clippers, I thought he's been pretty good. I think that he's going to be a guy who gets into a nice rhythm. He did it last year during the second half of the year where things will look a little bit weird at times especially early on, kind of like Jokic in this way, where it takes him a little bit to get the rhythm of what's going on, where he feels the flow of things, where he finds and understands how his shots are going to come. And then he just hits them. And then he just makes it look really good. But now I think he's a more complete player. I think he's going to be somebody who's not going to be picked on as much defensively. He stepped up in those ways. The preseason game that he had against Devin Booker and Chris Paul, like he's still going to have those matchups where people are going to go at him. But I honestly think that he looked really good in that. And he taught a lot of people that he's not going to back down. He's going to talk that talk. And I'm really excited to see where he takes it because he has a legitimate shot to win sixth man of the year. He's going to have to shoot a lot. He's going to have to be comfortable and get off his shots and prove to the rest of the team that he deserves to be featured in a lot of ways. Even when he comes in when like when it's like the five minute mark in the first quarter and the third quarter. Like sometimes it might take him a little bit to get adjusted as he tries to continue to play point guard for guys like Porter and Jokic and Murray even. But I do think that Bones is going to have his moments where He goes off for 20 off the bench, and that was the difference in the Nuggets' victory. Or he's going to have a key fourth quarter where Denver was down, and then they were up, and then the starters closed it out, but they wouldn't have been able to get there without Bones. I think we're going to see a lot of those times this year, and there will be some growing pains too, but I really just believe in the dude. I really do. Next, I don't think Jamal Murray's going to play 30 minutes for a while. And I also don't think that he's going to need to play 30 minutes for a while, 30 or more. He has had two games in this preseason. He played 15 minutes in the first game. I think he played about 13 minutes in the second one. And the fact that he hasn't made it to a third quarter yet, I think it's going to take some time. And Michael Malone specifically is definitely going to give him some opportunities to take that time, take all the time he needs to. With Bruce Brown out there showcasing that he can run some point guard if need be, with Ish Smith showing that he can run some point guard if need be, and with Bones Highland doing what I think he's going to do, there are options in place of Jamal Murray so that he's not going to have to play 30. 
He might play 20. He might play 25. He might play 28. And it might take some time to get from those from point A to point B. There will be times where he doesn't play because it's a back-to-back. But it will be good to be patient with him. Because like a Clay Thompson, somebody who kind of struggles during the year on in the time where he comes back, became necessary in moments where he had it against Denver. He had some games against, I think he had a game against Boston, but I also think he had a game against Dallas where they don't win those games without him. The formula is not going to include Jamal Murray having to go off for 25 every night. And that's a good thing because it means Denver's a better, more balanced team. I think this is different from when the bubble season happened. There will be times where Jamal goes off for 25 plus, but it's going to take a little bit. And I feel very comfortable giving him that time. Number four, Nikola Jokic. He may not have to score a ton either. Because if Michael Porter Jr. is doing what he's doing consistently, and he's putting up 20 plus consistently, Aaron Gordon stepping up and giving double digits, Bruce Brown and KCP, if they add about 15 points between the two of them, and then Bones Highland is off the bench putting up 20, Jokic isn't going to have to go for 30. He's not. This is going to be a situation where if he has the matchup, then maybe he does try to go off for 30. But oftentimes, he's not going to have the matchup, and the reason for that is because they commit, like the defense commits so many resources to stopping him from getting to his spots, from getting to the paint, from parking himself in front of the rim and doing what he does best. He's so good and everybody knows that. So they're going to try to stop him from doing it. I made a prediction in the last podcast, make sure to go listen to it, that Jokic will probably average like 18 points per game for the first month of the season. And that might be a little aggressive. He might step up and score more than that. I honestly don't know if he's going to need to. I think Denver has enough options because their bench right now, it looks like they're going to get about 35 to 40 points from their bench. It is not going to be a situation where like last season, where all they needed was 30 points just to get over the threshold. They're going to need... 60 to 65 points to 70 points with the starting unit. And if MPJ contributes 20, if Aaron Gordon contributes 12, if Jamal Murray contributes 15, and if Michael Porter contributes, like if he contributes 20, KCP, that's the guy missing. If he contributes eight, Jokic just doesn't have to shoot that much, which is going to be fantastic. It's not going to be great for his MVP odds. But it will be fine. And Denver, they do not need to tire him out. Jokic does not need to tire himself out. And I think he's very comfortable not shooting as much. I really do believe that. That's not a hot take. Like I think everybody believes that, to be honest. Number five, Ish Smith. I think he's got to play in some capacity. I'm not sure what it's going to look like. It's pretty easy to figure out how it's going to look when Jamal Murray sits, right? Like whenever he sits out for a back-to-back, Ish Smith is probably going to lead the second unit. I don't think that Bruce Brown is going to start all those games. 
unless there's specific matchups that call for it. I think that's going to be more a lineup that Denver could close with in those games where Jamal Murray isn't out there. Maybe they close instead of with Bones. Maybe they just try to go defensive and they run two-man game with Jokic and MPJ and they just do things like that. I think that's fair. But more than anything, Ish Smith, he has earned the right to play. He's been so good. He's been so, so good for this team. And players like that, Michael Malone is going to try to carve out time for. It is not going to be a situation where, like Bones Highland in the preseason last year, where it takes time to get him in. I really do think it's going to be sooner than game four or game five. It might be game one. And if that's the case, it's going to be interesting to see what the bench looks like. I assume that Jamal's going to be back and ready to go. He seems perfectly fine, perfectly reasonable. And that means that Bruce Brown will go back to the bench. So are you going to have Ish Smith, Bones Highland, and Bruce Brown as your trio? Bruce Brown needs to play. He's earned that right, for sure. He's Denver's best defensive player. He probably has to. There might be times where Bruce Brown doesn't have to play, but I honestly don't think that Michael Malone is going to subscribe to that notion. Bruce Brown may see the court more than Bones Highland this year. Sort of how Michael Malone feels about that. So, is Ish going to play every night? No. Is he going to start the season in the rotation? It's possible. I honestly think I'd bet on it at this stage, which is not something I thought I would say. I think Ish has really proven himself. I do think it was interesting, though, that Michael Malone tonight went with Christian Brown instead of Ish Smith. He still wanted to see what a lineup with one point guard, two wings, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan looked like. And it wasn't great. I do think that Denver could use some better, like they could use some better playmaking with that group. And Ish Smith provides that. I think Davon Reed is going to be the default guy on the wing. I would still like to see Michael Malone go to Christian Brown at some points in that spot, but I can understand if he waits. But either way, this was a really good preseason. I know that Jamal Murray didn't play a ton. I know that Nikola Jokic looked a little bit apathetic and something like something was wrong for much of the time. But this was a good preseason because it gave Denver some structure on what they're going to need outside of Jokic and Murray. MPJ is ready to go. Bones Highland ready to go. Denver's veterans with KCP, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Ish Smith, DeAndre Jordan. Those guys know how to play. And I honestly think that they're going to look pretty good. It's not going to be a situation like last year where the bench was just hemorrhaging points the entire time. They had no idea how to play together. I think this group does. I think Bones Highland has proven himself and he's a part of that. And I think that with the chemistry that they have while adding Ish Smith in, he is a perfect option to help boost that team. So I'm looking forward to it. This was a fun time. But for now, that is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I'm going to be back on Monday in all likelihood. We're going to do one 
maybe two preview episodes ahead of what's to come for this Nuggets team. Denver's first game is on Wednesday night. I'll be there. I'm going to go to that Utah game. Going to be a lot of fun. Really interested to see how that goes and really interested to travel around and hopefully I can give you guys uh, better box scores than we got tonight. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week.